0: Fish My name is Corey Long. He's Charles Fish Say hello, fish.
1: I look, I I freshened up for you.
0: So you did, you did.
1: That's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, wow. mean, I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a few weeks since uh, we had something out. We actually recorded one that never saw the light of day. It was kind of outdated. Uh, a few days after, a few Tiffy basically a day after we recorded because a bunch of other coaching things. Coaching things happen, and uh, and you know, and then uh, oh, on December second, my father passed away. Uh, it was not; he passed away at the age of eighty-one. It was uh he hadn't been he'd been you know dealing with some health issues like you 10 to at eighty-one. It was still, you know, it was still unexpected. Like it's never expected. Like as I as I've described this now, you're okay with a parent dying any day except for that day, whatever day that day is, it could have been any other day, but that day. And, you know, it was that day. So, you know, it was, uh, tough. I I miss him horribly. Uh, he was a, he was a tremendous role model. He was, you know, the defining role model of my life. Uh, you know, it's not, I, I can say a million great things about my dad, but, uh, you know it's it's unfortunate he's no longer here to hear him so uh you know just know that it was a it, it's it's a crushing loss for me for my mother for my sister and uh you know we uh push forward the best we can but you know it definitely makes the holiday season a lot somber when uh you know a major part of the family is no longer there so you know, but I, I've heard from a lot of people. I've really been uh boosted by the outreach from people, people I hadn't heard from in uh several years that reached out to me, that uh sent their condolences. <clears throat> uh, friends of his when had, he hadn't really talked to him in the last few years that reached out. So it was uh you know, that's always the 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 positive side of it, I guess, is that you do get back in touch with a lot of people. Uh, But, you know, like I said, there's just, there's no real words to explain. I I think I saved all my my poignant words for, you know, his funeral service these days. It's just, you know, you just kind of walk around feeling lost for a while. And, uh, you know, then you have some good days and kind of have some good days and mixed with rough days and, you know, like, last night, I was thinking, man, I'd love to talk with him about this Dolphins game because he was kind of a Dolphins fan. He didn't like well, He didn't like to a tongue of a low very much, but he was kind of a Dolphins fan. Like, he was kind of like a Dan Marino Air Dolphins fan and been kind of just hung with the team for the next 20 years after that, you know. But you, you'd have, you have hated his football stuff, Fish, because he loved defense. He loved, like, 70s Steelers, knock guys out guys playing with like broken limbs sort of like he, he was old school like that so yeah well, you, know, you know the idea that you think a defensive coordinator should never hold a head coaching job would just just well, right I've never like, I
1: don't I don't it's not that <laughs> I don't feel that defensive coordinator shouldn't have a shot I definitely do I've just you know I'm of the opinion that
0: he um, about that a lot for yeah that people. that offense for, yeah.
1: yeah offensive coordinators as long as they bring in somebody that they can trust but hey we're sorry about your loss Corey. i know yeah. how much your dad meant to you and um you know i always got to hear it from my wife what it is like a loss because she had lost both her parents i'm fortunate to have both my parents um alive and healthy and kicking i don't know man i think they're going to live to 120 but i guess we all think that until yeah. it happens but um you know I listen, hey he uh he is a great guy and I I don't I think I've spoken to him or been heard conversations with you on the phone. I don't know if I've ever met him in person.
0: You, you might have met him one, once yeah. or twice we came by the uh yeah. the, the condo in West Palm Beach yeah. we were heading off someplace. Yeah. It's possible met him once or twice.
1: So well, sorry for the loss, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh it's uh yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh what a, man, it's been so much has happened in, in college football since we were last year. So many coaching changes. Uh another, you know, another untimely death with Mike Leach dying at uh 61. And you know, they really I think he was he's like the first coach I can remember dying while he was like actively coaching since it's the Northwestern guy. Yeah that Pat Fitzgerald replaced.
1: Was that, um, God, I forgot.
0: Randy Walker was yeah.
1: Randy Walker. And what's crazy about Randy Walker. I was with this one coach. Um, I think the guy is now a offensive coordinator for maybe the Steelers. And he was at Miami. He was with coach Walker at one of the high schools. And he introduced me to him. And literally like two months later, the guy was gone. I'm like, Oh man, you know, hopefully I wasn't the reason, you know, that, uh, this tragic death happened, but I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, he just, it, it happened. And I remember calling the coach. I go, man, he didn't even look sick or this. He goes, yeah, it was kind of surprised to all of us. Um, but I remember that happening. And me, I had met him like a month earlier at a high school. He was, they were recruiting or evaluating a kid uh, in South Florida, but uh, it hasn't happened. And uh, this is a, this, this is kind of shocking. I had gotten the news w- you know, way before it broke. And, and, um, you know, I had told our buddy, Timmy, Timmy had coached and played under leech. I had told him what happened. He goes, he kept like looking on ESPN. He goes, how do you know this? And I go, man, I got a guy in Minnesota that just gives me all uh, Mississippi that just, he's really good at getting you information. Like it was, he's showing me, he's sending me texts like, Hey, listen, the guy's passed away. And this is, I mean, three days before ESPN broke with it. So, it's a sad situation because he was such a great coach, a great innovator. I re- I remember Tim Couch. Um, I remember Tim Couch coming out of the Kentucky high school and, uh, but what was it in Louisville or one of the, it was a top program, and him going to Kentucky was such a big deal at the time, and it was because of how mummy, and how this was how mummy's offense and Leach became part of that. And you go look at uh, Lincoln Riley, you look at uh, Sonny Dykes, you look at. Uh, Garrett Riley, Lincoln's uh, brother, and even someone locally that we both know, and we dealt with this coach, Matt DeBuck had played for Leach and his offense uh, was a Mike Leach. He's a Mike Leach disciple. So that impact that this guy had, it's it's almost like Bill Walsh with the West coast offense. And you, you've started to see it influence not only the college level, but the high school level with the, uh, Um, the head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. It's, he, he will have an imprint on college football for the next hundred years, long after we're gone, his impact will be felt. And it's sad because he was a different, he, he was someone that was different in college football where everybody always gives the canned answers. You know, you, you see these guys, they get up there for the press conference and you're like, you know what they're going to say before they say it. It's, every question and answer is the same thing hey uh it's about culture it's about this it's about that leach was like would go off script all the time and that's what made him such a great person and a great somebody that we enjoyed following and listening to
0: yeah you know i I really uh you know you enjoy a lot of his press conferences a lot of his little quirky um You know, his quirky comments, his thoughts on different things, his Twitter at times could be really entertaining. Uh, He, you know, it was funny because he just, he couldn't, because of who he was, he wasn't a fit for everywhere. So in the college football world, he took a lot of odd jobs, whether it was Texas Tech or Washington State or, you know, Mississippi State, you know, just jobs where you weren't gonna like There were no national title expectations, and uh, but he, he put out some pretty good teams. I mean, that Texas Tech team with Michael Crabtree had a number one ranking for a few weeks, if I remember correctly. Like oh yeah, a, I think amazing. they. I think
1: they beat Texas, and yeah, they did. Um, it was a big game. I remember it was. It was at Texas Tech, and it was one of those games where the fans rushed the field. It was a great. It was one of those great games that you always remember. and Like you said, Crabtree, I remember um, Crabtree had that game. And, and what's crazy is at that time and how I ended up meeting Lincoln Riley is Trinity Catholic had a wide receiver uh, in the state title game that year. Uh, that was a big time kid. And I remember interviewing him. And the kid said, you know, my favorite play I said, who's your favorite player? Who, you know, who do you emulate? He said, uh, Michael Crabtree. And I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to Texas Tech. So that's how I got in touch with Lincoln Riley. I'm like, hey, you know, I sent him the kid's profile. And the kid committed to Texas Tech without even visiting. And then I had told Matt DeBuck about it. I said to Matt DeBuck, hey, listen, you know, he goes, you know, I went to Texas Tech. Why don't you tell him about our kid, Sean Corker? And I said, I go, you went to Texas Tech, and, and Sean Corker committed. And then they had two kids from Lakeland High School that were uh, brothers. I, they may have been even twins. They were just one year apart. The junior, the kid that was a junior wide receiver was better than the senior uh, receiver. And you, you had to take both of them. The dad wanted both of them at the school. They both committed. And then what happened is Leach had gotten fired. The wide receiver uh, from Trinity Catholic ended up at LSU. Corker ended up going. And the two kids from Lakeland one went and they got the the one kid that nobody really wanted. Another kid went to Florida, but then other kid ended up a year later transferring to Texas tech. And that is how my relationship had built with um, Lincoln Riley. And before he ended up getting let go and ended up at East Carolina making his name for himself, but it's spread. It's spread a long time, you know, uh, our relationship and and that's how everything got started but like i was saying he had such an influence on all these people and uh he'll be he'll be sorely missed
0: yeah uh, absolutely absolutely uh yeah and the uh you know once again uh yeah mike leach passed away at 61 just really surprising uh just like i said you just don't hear about coaches passing away too much and uh Uh, Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, was promoted, and he'll be promoted to full-time head coach. I'll actually be covering the bowl game that he's at, the Reliant Quest Bowl, formerly known as the Outback Bowl, uh, when they play, Mississippi State plays Illinois. So all kinds of, uh, with our old buddy Brett Bielema, so all kinds of uh, fish cast favorites will be in that game. Um, Let's see, where do we go? Uh, Let's see, Dion. Takes the job in Colorado, uh, which we thought he, which which by that point we knew, and he finishes out his run at Jackson State with another loss to NC Central in the an uh, overtime at the Celebration Bowl. Tremendous play by Travis Hunter uh, yeah. to get that game to overtime. I mean, just just highlight real stuff, and Travis is going to be fun to watch in the Pac-12. I yeah. mean that's not going to be a good Colorado team. I think between no. you and I we figured they might get the four wins next yeah. year the one the but,
1: one thing the one thing Travis go on. yeah the one thing that Travis showed in that game Corey is that he made the mistake I thought he did not reach out with his hands he didn't extend his hands to catch that first ball and you're like oh man that's how his career is gonna end and there he is at the end they went right back to him and that's what you do with a great player. You yeah. go back to him, and he he redeemed himself, and they scored. Um, I personally thought at that point they should have gone for two. I, I I, That's
0: exactly what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, like listen, if you lose that way, uh, nobody says anything. You had come back. You went for two. It is what it is. But going back in overtime or whatever, and allowing the other team one more shot, I thought was a mistake on Dion's part. But these are things that Dion's going to learn. I, anybody that sits there and goes, well. He lost again. And look, he, yeah, listen, the team went 12 and one. Um, And, and for all the top end players, they have, they have about five of them. They still have a lot of holes on that team outside of those.
0: People have talent they have. And it's like, they've got the quarterback, Travis Hunter, Tevin Coleman, who had a long touchdown catching the game and like maybe four other players. And they got like, but the most of your roster is HBCU kids. Yes. So yeah, and that's like your, that's a lot of your up a lot of where you are up front, a lot of your back seven. Like it's just, you know, so you know, you still have to win the battles up front, which which they didn't yesterday, which the MIAC is, you know, traditionally in the HBCU system, the SWAC always had the skilled players and MIAC always had the bigger physical guys just because of location because they're located in the Carolinas and located in Georgia and located in Florida so you know it kind of played to that uh, played to that narrative again but uh, I guess the question is now where do you see the Colorado program he took it it's a bad it was a bad team 1-11 last year um, it's been fascinating to watch his social media during this. Like we've gotten, we've gotten, we're really seeing a little bit. We're not seeing totally how the bread is made, but we are getting to, we are getting like a firsthand look at him going through the facilities, him meeting with the team for the first time, seeing some of his staffers, which include a few friends of ours out there, uh, him meeting with the players for the first time and telling them most of them they're going to be gone. Um, uh, because they are good. I mean, what I like. one player said? Uh, so, Coach Prime, uh, what coaches are you thinking about keeping from the whole staff? Probably none of them. Yeah, just look Probably none of them. Yeah. Like God, and then you know his first recruiting weekend, uh, and, and all kinds of things. Like Colorado is the most exciting team to follow next week for early signing day because you just don't know what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, listen, you see what happened at Kansas um, and how how they turned it around. You could win quick in college football, you know, with the whole transfer portal. Like, we've talked about it. While we're not big fans of the portal and people say, oh, how are you not big fans? I do think it helps programs like Colorado become relevant. Like, you could go in there and bring in 30, between high school and the, you know, Transfer kids. You could bring in thirty kids and and get an infusion of talent that can help you win three out of conference games and maybe pull an upset or two. I mean, the Big Twelve, um, you know, while it's a good conference, you've seen that you could win, uh, you could pull upsets. I think there's an opportunity to pull upsets. You saw Kansas beat Texas last year. You've seen Texas get upset by some schools this year. So you can win in that conference. And, and what's to say he can't get to five or six wins next year if everything – I mean, it is a bad football team, but I don't think it's any worse than the Kansas team
0: sure. yeah. that uh,
1: that yeah. the Coach Le- Leipold took over there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about it. The Pac-12 is pretty – you know, I mean, Arizona State, I don't, they're not going to be good under Dillingham. They might never be good under Dillingham, but they're not going to be good next year, I can tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arizona's still in a transitional period, over there getting better. There's teams like Cal that you can that are you know there's there's some un there are some teams that are just not very remarkable that you maybe can sneak an upset on. Maybe you can get a win over Nebraska in your non-conference. Maybe you get a win over Colorado State. Uh, they also play TCU. They're not going to get a win there. Yeah. Uh, but the other two, it's you know Nebraska is kind of in the same boat with Matt Rule coming in. Yeah, I and,
1: mean you. Yeah. You look at their schedule, Nebraska, Colorado State, Arizona State. um, I think Arizona's gotten a lot better. I don't know if that game's winnable next year. Stanford. um, Stanford would be a winnable game. Yeah, Stanford. So you're talking three, four games in there that, you know, they went one and 11. And I think if he gets to four, he could get to four or five wins. And you never know what can happen at a Washington State or one of those games late in the year if guys get hurt or whatever, you could pull it up. Said, I mean, I watched Washington State last night. They were not a very good football team. Um, they did not look good, and they didn't look like – I looked up some of their guys, and it doesn't look like they're bringing a whole lot of them guys back. So it will be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the big day is uh, coming, December 21st, early signing day. The early signing period goes from the 21st to the 23rd. It is the primary signing period now. I don't think we're we're no longer uh, hiding that fact that I mean, about eighty five percent of the kids are going to sign that day, and uh, and really with the transfer portal coming into play so largely after that early signing period, is that. That second timing period, just not a lot happens. I mean, there might be, there's usually like three or four or five holdouts from like the major all star games that just make announcements on that day for TV purposes. But so much of your work is going to be done over the next, next few, next three weeks. You, uh, yeah, you,
1: you, you got to wonder though, Corey, does that change a little bit? with the nil that some of these bigger name kids are like you know what maybe if we hold out till the second signing day we can pump up our value even more especially if a team loses say a d tackle on the early signing day and then there's a big time d tackle out there you know and that kid's like all right his people are like listen we could really push this number up now that this school just lost a kid you know so it'll be interesting to see if some of these kids leverage um their uh nil for a better deal later in february
0: yeah I, I guess it could it really hasn't manifested like that too much so far but you know it could i i think i i still think the bigger names are a little concerned because they're going up against portal kids you know that are a little bit more established and it's like you might miss out on d tackle but you know there could be and they're having There's not a lot of great line talent in the portal so far this year, but there could be, you know, one or two bigger names that pop through that, you know, that, that, you know, because that's the thing where you're signing later. I think you're kind of competing with kids that have some experience. You go from competing with your high school peers and now portal kids. And that's a battle that the high school kids aren't winning right now. Uh, hopefully they'll start to win that one in the future, but right now they're not. Uh I was watching. There was a lot of bowl games in the past. I had to cover the Cure Bowl, which was a miserable football game. You were covering the Florida State football finals, which uh, the both the Urban Championships and the uh, Suburban Championship. My friend called one of them. He called it the Urban and the Gated Community Championships. So I thought that was kind of funny, but uh, uh, so we we we'll get to that a little bit, uh. Yesterday's palooza, because you were you were out covering stuff and I was sitting at home watching a lot of games. Uh Florida needs a quarterback. They gotta go in the portal like and get one today. Uh you yeah. lose Anthony Richardson to pro. Uh you lose Kitna to pedophilia. Uh you know, so you, uh, you and Jack Miller's not good. At least he won good yesterday. Oregon State's got a good defense. So I'll give him that, but man, like, there's no way you could go into the spring with that guy as just none. He can't go in as your starter, especially
1: with so so many quality quarterbacks in the portal. Um, You could grab one this year. It it, they were not good yesterday. That quarterback looked like he had never played a down of football. Like it, it, it looked like he picked a football up yesterday for the first time, and that was. And it, you saw it early. And the thing is, is it was so bad that you knew he wasn't going to get it going. Like there was yeah. no, there was no, that that wasn't going to be a Tate Rodemaker maker moment against Louisville type thing. Like he, the, he didn't show anything um, at all that you're like, all right, this thing. And it didn't seem like that was one of those games where the players just didn't seem like they wanted to be there, you know? they, they probably wish they could have just said the heck with this and ended the season after the Florida state game, you know, but uh, that was ugly. Um, I know Gator fans are just really disappointed. And it's, so I, I always sit there and go, what did you expect? You've seen this team yeah. all, all year and the best player you had wasn't playing and the yeah. backup to him that did play this year, didn't play. And now you're basically down to a guy that you don't want to play. I always find it amazing when fans know what's going to happen and they still bitch and complain afterwards. Like they expected some miracle from God
0: that the team was
1: going to show up yesterday and play well. It's like, really? You really thought? If you were a Gator fan yesterday, you should have honestly gone to one of these establishments for fun. That, you know... for. (laughs) for certain purposes and put your mortgage on Oregon state yesterday. And maybe you wouldn't have been so upset with your coaching staff because they delivered you an early Christmas gift Mm -hmm. because that, that was about as early of a Christmas gift as you could have got. And they gave it to you. (laughs) That thing was over by halftime and all you were going to do at that point was just turn in your ticket. So um, Gator fans be patient. You know what they're, they are recruiting pretty well that thing's a rebuild they're going to need you know another two years and I know that seems like a lifetime for fans these days but it's just not a good football team and it's not a good football team with for all those people that hated Anthony Richardson man I guarantee you they wish he was coming back next year you know
0: yeah absolutely I mean because you know, he at least gives you some playmaking ability that Jack Miller just did not give you yesterday. And That was including the fact he didn't have a lot of receivers. They just – they were a broken-down, beaten-up team. Oh. And, uh, you know, right now they're doing some decent things recruiting, number 11 recruiting class in the nation. I certainly think Billy Napier is going to be really aggressive with the portal this year and trying to build the roster up. But their start is going to be with a quarterback. I think – you know, I, I think they have to aim high at the quarterback position. Like, I would be – I'm wondering if they can get in on Hudson card at Texas, a kid that I think uh, I think can play. They can play at a pretty high level. And I wonder if that's not the guy that they're going to be really looking at. Because they, they need somebody that can attract other talent. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, he's the type of guy that could. And, and you, I, I
1: think Napier calls a good enough game and they're creative enough that if they get a decent signal caller, they could get to eight wins next year uh, with the talent they have coming in. And if he hits the portal, I don't think the Gators are, they were competitive in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have been. Um he had that team prepared for most of their games. They just they we talked about it. They ran out of steam. Um, yeah. They the lack of depth. We saw that coming. That the depth is the Gators could not afford any injuries this year. And they were, they were. I mean, how many games did they go into it with like one wide receiver uh, that was like a scholarship kid? Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, so- they were. They were constantly. Just plugging, they were plugging away the best they could, I thought. Um, you know, but they uh they finished six and seven, another losing season. Do not get shut out, lose 30 to 30 to three to Oregon State. Uh, like you said, it was a team of it was a team of a lot of broken kids. You were you were within uh, you were you know, you were without Richardson. Brentroll Miller didn't play. Some other kids didn't play. You know, you credit the kids that do play. And in some situations, this is something I want to ask you: In some situations, do the opt-outs kind of work in your favor if you're a young coach like Nate, Key, or if you're a if you're a kind of a young head coach like Brent Venables, will be at Oklahoma? Like, I think Florida State's going to absolutely pound Oklahoma because Oklahoma has a lot of kids opting out, but it also gives you a chance to play a lot of freshmen. You've got that one-time waiver this year that you can play freshmen and they won't lose their red shirt even if they've played four games already this season. So it gives you a chance to play some of the kids you just recruited and see you actually get real game reps with them that don't count, you know? They, they, they're they just something that gets something on film that you can go in over the summer with.
1: Well, it's basically... I all
0: mean, games only count. All games only count to the teams that win. I've learned that
1: yeah well look i mean it's basically an extra set of spring practice i mean you get you get it's like a spring game you basically get to play these younger guys you get to see them play and and get reps and you get to move forward to see you know what you have moving forward in spring and where and it gives you an opportunity as a coach hey listen these are the Where do we have to fill in the gaps the quickest? You know, I mean, you're not going to fill every hole this offseason, but you can go and fix many of them uh, with recruiting and the portal and try to close that gap. This is a team that is at least two years away from really competing in that conference. I just think, especially on their side, I think Georgia and Tennessee, you know, Georgia's lapped them five times already. They're already at the finish line. Tennessee has pulled away from them. You've got to now close that gap between those schools. And that's a two it's probably two years away next year and the year after. Um, two classes that were, you're talking what, 50, 60 kids coming in from the high school ranks. And then you could flip the roster quicker with the portal. So I saw enough positives from Florida this year that I think you have you should have some hope as a fan. I I mean, these guys that, Oh, we got to get rid of them already. It's like, come on, man. We've, have we not seen this story enough? Um, Most coaches do not win in year ones at their school. It's just, that's, there's a reason why they're brought in. um, And you could sit there and go, and I don't, I don't, I think Mullen would have probably won probably two more games this year because he was, uh, he knew these players, but a lot of them weren't coached by or, or recruited by Napier. So, it's a it's a process, and I know fan base don't want to hear about that. They're impatient, and now they you know everybody wants this guy fired. But I do think that um, there's enough there that they could build on, and their class, like I said, their recruiting class this year, it's not a top five or ten class, but they're bringing in enough guys uh, to turn that program around and make them competitive next year and the year after.
0: It could turn into a top ten class. It's at eleven right now. I could see them maybe getting that supper up to eight or so if they can get a couple of late commits. Uh, you know, they're not, uh, they're not, they're not running the, you know, the, the recruiting, uh, uh, the recruiting dogs right now are at Miami where uh, Cristobal has two of the three top offensive tackles in the nation committed. Yep. To and they've got a, no, they've got a top five class right now. That's coming off of a, Five and seven season, where they did not look good a lot of the time. A lot of kids left. You know, he's gotten a lot of kids. Uh, he, he pushed him into. I don't know. I don't know how many kids joined, him, went in the transfer portal, or Mario picked them up and literally threw them in the transfer portal. Some they didn't, didn't They did not, not.
1: I think most of them did not have much of a choice. I. I mean, you look today. Mario landed JV on Coven, the offensive tackle or guard. From Alabama. Alabama, so he's he's listen. We've talked about this. You build a program inside out, and he's trying to make one thing. You're gonna notice at Miami next year is their line is not going to be small. That's gonna be a big group of kids. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But I, I'm telling you, he's he's taking a sledgehammer to that thing.
0: Yeah, but he had to. Yeah. He had to it just, you know, it wasn't going to work the way uh, – it wasn't going to work the way I think some of us kind of thought it might. Like, he might come in, he had the quarterback, he had some pieces, he just needed to really just improve the preparation of the team. But as the un, as you start peeling the onion back, you realize the team's just not very good. Or they, they were not good when they were motivated to play. When they weren't motivated to play, they were downright bad. So – It's important for him to, you know, I think, you know, I want to see what he does in the transfer portal, but right now he's got a good balance of bringing in a strong high school class and bringing in the right kids from the portal that can play, but not, but not completely stand in the way of, you know, standing in the way of the freshmen and the young kids that are going to be coming through the system, which is, which is what you want out of your portal kids.
1: No, there, there's, there's no doubt. Um, he's going to have to plug and play. Like I said, they you go look at their recruiting class. Um, it's a great recruiting class, but there are some holes in it. I do think uh, I like the the Johnson kid out of Dillard, but they do need to bring another back um, in this class. So either they got to lay on one out of high school or they got to go to the portal. I think their wide receiver room, well, they've got a couple nice wide receivers, they still got to improve that. And also the D-tackle position, losing the Jackson kid to Florida State. Uh, from a depth standpoint, I, the guys they have coming in are pretty good, but they still need some impact guys. It'll be interesting to see what they, they do there. And those are the three spots that they're going to have to go into the portal um, most likely. But three is better than 12 or 10 or whatever, how many other spots Ooh. they have. So they we know they really don't have to do much more in the portal on the old line. I do know that they're um, going after a kid out of uh, the West Coast um, that they have a shot. So if they bring him in, they basically flipped the offensive line. Uh, I you know they've got parts, and and he, this recruiting class uh, is going to help them a lot. But like we said, he'll plug and play at uh, the positions that they didn't finish strong in. Uh, in their recruiting class. And that's that's amazing to say, considering they're going to probably have a top three or four class in the nation. But every class, you could always pick apart, hey, where could we have done better? But overall, it's a great class.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, on the FSU and with the transfer portal, they got two tight ends. Uh, Jaheem Bell, who was from South Carolina, real good athlete, probably more of an back guy. You move around. You can do. He gives you a lot of versatility in the offense, and they also got a kid from shorter college named Murlock. Was that his name?
1: Kyle, Kyle Murlock or something? Uh, well, oh, Morlock. Murlock, Morlock, yeah, Morlock. Mor- yeah.
0: Morlock. And uh, I would say he's a he's a, he's more of an inline guy, kind of heavy footed. Interesting take, you know, big kid. So I think he gives you some two tight end set capability, but. I don't see him as much of a receiver or anything. I don't see him much of a downfield playmaker. Uh, that being said, they they finally realized how bad their tight end room was. It just got two tight ends. Like, the recruits that they've recruited at the position, and they've recruited quite a few, haven't worked out. Like, none of them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's – just from a probability standpoint, you're like – you would think, all right, we have six guys on the roster – One of these guys can play, but um, I guess they're not very good. I, you know, the two guys are bringing in, I really like Jaheim Bell, the two, uh, just his ability in Norvell's offense. Norvell likes these moving parts, his ability to line up as a tight end, line up over the slot, line up in the backfield. I even think Bell can play the Wildcat or even – uh, you know, line up in the backfield if they take Trey Benson off the field. This kid's so versatile and what he could do. He's very impressive uh, athletically. I think Bell is the one kid that can come in and make an impact right away. I'm not as high on the kid from Shorter. I've been. I know some people are gonna go. I oh, they disagree with me. It's fine. I not listen. I, I see a guy that is maybe a slightly better version of Kasparowski and that there's nothing wrong with that listen not everybody wants to compare everybody to uh Gronkowski and Kittles and Travis Kelsey I'm sorry this kid's not one of those and that doesn't make it this is where I have an argument with people it doesn't mean I think he's a bad player
0: or yeah it doesn't mean he's a bad player that he can't be a useful piece like yes i'm looking at him and i'm thinking okay this allows him to have he kind of he's an inline guy he can help him with some power formations you know he does he, there there is plenty of use for him that doesn't make, make him you know that doesn't have him catching the football yeah as long as he can block which you know we'll have to know if this le- if he can block at this level how ch- playing it shorter is going to translate to being a blocker at the power five. What, level. What power playing five.
1: a five foot 11 DN that you're freaking crushing compared to mm-hmm. actually having a block, a kid at Clemson, like a Kyle Murphy or, uh, or one of those guys that comes off the edge at six, five, 260 pounds and can eat your lunch. Yeah. There's a big difference. There's a big difference in yeah. blocking those guys. You're not going to yeah. drive them 15 yards off the ball and put them on the ground. Like you are where he's at. And And my big concern is, is that, you know, going to these state championship games, the one thing you learn is that guys, when you get to see them in person and that in-person evaluation, forget highlight film, forget even game film, when you get that opportunity to see them in person, that's really when you can tell if a kid can play at a certain level. And nobody, as far as I'm concerned on the staff, has seen this kid in person. And I have concerns and and people can you know bust my chops about it, and ah, oh, yeah, you know, well, you felt this way about this kid and you were wrong or whatever. I'm still I, I believe in certain things, Corey, and people can disagree or agree. I think I've always told you the same thing. You gotta see these guys in person. you gotta be able to see them w- listen. If we didn't see Jermaine Thomas in person, we would have never known what type of player he is. But we saw him in person, saw how he reacted when his team was down. We saw how he was as a leader of that football team. And he made every play that mattered to help that team get back in the game. And if we had never seen him in South Carolina playing, I think you and I would have had a different opinion of Jermaine and thought, all right, this kid's not a take. And that's where the mistake comes in because if you don't see them in person – then you could you're basic you're you're just taking a chance on somebody and look that's what happened d- during covid they they weren't able to go out and evaluate these players and look how many of those guys ended up bad football players
0: yeah i mean absolutely it's just the way that that it happens you got to you got to you got to be able to see them at the comparable at the comparable competition and see what their projections are but you know i I don't know exactly what they're going to use this Morlock like kid for. My assumption is he'll be much more of an inline blocker than anything else. Uh, and if that's the case, then it, it might turn out to work out fine for them. Uh, I think what it, this is, is really a bigger indictment of how little they think of the kids that they've recruited at the position. The Jackson West, Brian Courtney, there's another one in there. There's guys that have left like Toby gross, who was an awful take from the beginning. I don't think Kobe Gross has another school. Has he been to another school? Like, I don't know where nah. he's going play
1: at. Uh, yeah. There's, there's uh, probably a semi-pro team he could try out for down here. Um, I could. I don't even know if they take him there.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know if he could play football, frankly. That's, his, yeah. that's the honest guy of truth. Hey, and, he's, and a, go-
1: he's an athlete,
0: though. That's what yeah. someone
1: once told me. He's an athlete.
0: Uh, uh okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, an athlete maybe like it's like skateboarding, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, well, I guess, but it wasn't like an eclipse of him playing like basketball or like soccer or like. I whatever. never saw him Back. on a
1: skateboard. You know, like freaking. Yeah, like
0: just... What is he a bowler? You know, what are we talking about here? Like, like come on. Uh, whatever it was, he ain't a football player. So no. move on from that. What do they scream? By the way. We're missing like the most epic soccer game ever. It's like three three in extra time now. Thank like, God. Thank God amazing, we're
1: missing it. It's right.
0: the most amazing World Cup final ever, I think. Oh man, who cares? Um, all right, all right, all right. Well, we're gonna get we'll get to more of that on. The, you know, we'll have we're gonna have a long, uh, probably you know, a pretty long marathon podcast. Maybe a couple uh, that we'll be doing during the early signing period. Uh, maybe we'll do one live. Who knows? We all get down there. I'll be down in Hollywood for a couple days staying at the Hard Rock, staying at the Guitar Room, so maybe I'll swing by Casa Day Fishbine, celebrate some Hanukkah with them. Yeah, and, come,
1: uh, hey, come on, man. I'll give you a gift. I may not give you eight, but I could give you one, and you could right, split it up well, to
0: Play some dreidel. I, get, I want some money off the dreidel game. I want, like, a hundred bucks off the dreidel. Dreidel's oh like a God. good hustle. That's like a, solid, that's like a solid holiday hustle right there. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, you're I'm sure your Anglo-Protestant wife won't be happy with us playing too many Jewish uh, holiday games.
1: Hey, listen, they they like Hanukkah. My wife likes to get a gift every day. Yeah,
0: I'm. I think Ethan, Ethan loves Hanukkah. Ethan's a big fan of Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna get to. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of recruiting talk. Uh, maybe we'll uh see if we can bring in. We'll see if we can bring in some people that day that can yeah. kind of chat some recruiting with us if they got some time. Yep. um what else do we have let's see we got let's see uh you know what was interesting yesterday was I didn't watch much of the Fenway Bowl but yeah Louisville starching Cincinnati as Louisville. both teams are coached by intern coaches because Luke fickle goes the lot goes to Wisconsin and Scott Satterfield goes from Louisville to Cincinnati so you gotta imagine some kids were really bitter. <laughs> Louisville sideline yesterday. I mean, there's, like I said, ball games only count for the teams that win. Like, they oh, yeah. only count for the teams. But that one counted, like, triple for those kids at Louisville. And oh, yeah. they got to stick it to a coach who left them. And there's just nothing. I can't think of any better feeling than that. Like, that's just one you, that's that's one that means a lot to you, like, 10 years from now. Oh, yeah. What did sure. you think of the sadder feel of Cincinnati? It was a little, it's... I'm not I'm not
1: yeah, I'm not surprised because if and I, I don't know how much of a message board junkie you are, you know I always like to go yeah. on on one team's lose. I forget winning, but um Satterfield was not a fan favorite of the Louisville fans and I think he won enough that he was able to leverage it to get out of there. And I think it was I think both sides were happy with it. it's okay. <laughs> hey, they did not, you know, Louisville didn't have to fire him and buy him out. And Cincinnati got a pretty good coach. I I think Satterfield, honestly, is a better coach than the Louisville fans give him credit for. He had a a good season, but it allows them to go out and get their, you know, home, you know, their their uh, hometown hero. That's who they yeah, that's who they wanted all along. And both parties, I think, benefited from it. I think both schools got a very good coach. I told you earlier this year, I think this year and this cycle, I can't sit there and say there's one school that really missed or you think they missed on their coach in the hiring. Uh, You know, Nebraska got super lucky. We talked about it. Nebraska um, and these schools, there was no big-name schools really in the hunt outside of Auburn for a coach, and they already had their mind made up uh, on, like, two prospects. So you knew who they were going to get, and either – either guy is, is a pretty good hire. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit there uh, and think, you know, I think Hugh Freeze has his flaws, but he has won a lot of ball games in the SEC. Overall, I think everybody's done a pretty good job of hiring a coach. There's not that one guy where you're like, you know, me, I'll I'll sit there and tell you, all right, they're going to be looking for a new coach. I I knew when F when USC hired Clay Helton. I told you, man, this, this guy ain't making it, man. I, I, I knew the moment.
0: The question marks we have at Arizona State, yeah. for sure, I just, we're, we're, well, that'll be an interesting one to watch. I'm really, like, Arizona State is very curious to me because I'm like, that guy, that time, yeah. like, it's not a saying Dillingham won't be a good head coach or that he won't work out here or that he, you know, I guess it's a fit from a standpoint that he's a high schooler there. He went to school there. He's very Arizona-based. It's I think definitely. he hired a couple of, like, of the top high school coaches in Arizona as part of his staff, so he's really trying to key in on winning what the, the state of Arizona.
1: Yeah, uh, they'll they'll land the two or three top prospects that are in that state that play football every year, I guess.
0: Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a. I mean, Arizona has they have some good football players, but the thing is, like the like Keeley Ringo is from Arizona, like an elite kid, but he's an elite kid that's going that you know the elite kids don't want to play in Arizona. Right. Uh, well, I will say that I'm like you. I thought most, most like the Big Twelve. I think really got better. Adding Fickle, adding Matt Rule to that side of the conference, they got a lot better. I mean, a lot better. But like, they oh, have a chance to be very good.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought the ACC, you know. Just by getting in Braum, I think, is a better, you know, they're a better conference with better coaches now. So, I mean, depending on how much better you think Braum is in Satterfield, I think he's a better coach. I think they're both good coaches. I'm like, yeah, I think both programs got out well, but I think Braum's a little better of a coach. You know, just took Purdue to the uh, Big Ten championship and the uh, junior varsity side of the Big Ten, not the the Ohio State-Michigan side, but the other side. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot lot happening uh, out there with coaches. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, North Dakota State plays South Dakota State or South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota State in the FCS championship in a couple of weeks. FCS football just means more than the Dakotas, man.
1: Oh, my God. that's, But you know what? Uh, Incarnate, we're trying to yeah. change that, and they look very good in one of our own uh, what's it? G, uh, B, G, G. J, Kinney or what's his name? G. G. Yeah, yeah, he's he was in our all star game a long time ago, son.
0: Yeah, and uh, Keith Bearfield is a quarterback coach at Incarnate Word. Now, he was a coach at my alma mater, Lake Gibson High School, for the last couple of years, so really was happy for Coach Bearfield uh, out there to do a good job. And they almost won. I mean, really, why didn't they go for the field goal late in the game? I didn't get that, like. I, like that's the one that oh, it's like it was head scratching. It's like the field goal ties the game. Like yeah, yeah. it extends the game. Go with the field goal. Like yeah, like you end up losing by the field goal you didn't go for. And yeah, uh, on the other side, uh, South Dakota State just whipped Montana State. And I, I thought I actually thought Montana State was going to make the finals. They looked so good the last several weeks, but they were uh, also it looked cold. Man, they played that game outdoors. And, like, it was so cold. You know, it's cold, but it's like it's not snowing, but the field is still icy. It was that sort of cold. Yeah, Like, you didn't see the snow coming from the sky, but you saw it on the ground. It was like six degrees, I think, for that game. So, not a lot of brothers out there. I don't see a lot of bros on either side. You know, there's <laughs> a very limited amount of black players playing in sub-zero temperatures in South Dakota for anything.
1: Oh man, I'll, I'll let you comment on that. I, I'll, a lot, a lot
0: of, I saw a lot of camouflage up in the uh, a lot of camo up in the stands there.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I'll I'll let that stuff go. I don't want to be canceled, man. So I'm no, all good. Not, we
0: don't get canceled. <laughs> the that we cancel us anyway? Yeah. I said, I'm black, I can say it. Not all right. players play to that game. The ones <laughs> that are, props to you though. Because I always had a lot of respect. Yeah, there was one kid. There was one brother I saw there. It was for sort the of tough shit. He wasn't even wearing sleeves. That's my dude right there.
1: Oh, man. Like,
0: I ain't even wearing sleeves. This this seven-degree temperature, nothing to me.
1: I, I remember, I, so I go to college out in Colorado, and, and I remember it was late October, early November, and it was cold. And these guys are like, hey, we're going to go play some tackle football. And we went to play tackle football, and Corey – I started running and then I got hit and that cold weather just went oh, right th- like man. and it just
0: electrifies oh, through your bones. Yeah, man. yeah, like you oh. felt
1: it, you felt it like wow. I did not know playing in the cold could be this painful, you know, oh.
0: like <laughs> oh, it was
1: nasty. My whole body just went like numb. I'm like, oh man, I don't think I'm gonna be doing too much of this. Maybe maybe we stop around September 15th that we start. I mean, it would snow in October, mid-October where I was at, but I'm like, man, this is too
0: much, so. All right, yeah, it it was. It was too much. Uh, Our buddy uh, Pete Shinnick at West Florida made the uh, Division II semifinals, lost to Ferris State. Uh, Ferris State went on to win the Division II national champion, so that means that West Florida finished third. And division, which pretty good. That's I I, I good.
1: think Pete Shinnick took the Towson State job. So. Did
0: he? Yes. All right. Well, yes. We go back yeah. On the, like, eight,
1: yeah. So. He's the head coach at Towson State. So you still okay. have his number?
0: Yeah, I still got. I still a way to reach him. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. you got to reach out to him. But yeah, he took the Towson State job. So look, hey, we've talked about a good karma. You come yeah, on absolutely. this show, you
0: move up. And you know, he's from Baltimore. His dad I think his dad was a coach or the Colts or played for the Colts. Right. So uh he's uh so this is it's a it's a move home for him basically. And good for him. Yeah. You know, good for him. He's got uh he's a great coach and uh you know, now he's he's good I mean he has taken the long route to moving up, but now he's in the FCS. Hey, and he, he
1: deserves to be, to be there, man. He's Absolutely. a great coach. hundred
0: yeah. percent deserves to be there. Yeah. You know, so He's moving up, you know, he's moved up. You're talking a guy that moved up from the NAIA and really moved step by step by step, you know. Man, Azusa
1: up. Pacific, University of North Carolina at Pembroke. I've never even heard of that school. Yeah, nobody's
0: ever not heard of. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he's winning.
0: Yeah, he's winning it all.
1: Humboldt State, St. Cloud State, North he was at Northern Michigan. Uh he may have got Dimitri Stewart when he was there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and you look at like the Towson job, it's not a bad job. Like the coach that was there, uh, that was there for 13 seasons, he finished like right about 500. Uh, so like they went like they they had like some really good. They, they went to the FCS championship game back in 2013 when they yep. were 13 and three. And he's had winning, he's kind of been. You know, he's kind of been like a five and se- like a seven and five, five and seven coach since then. So he's been like either barely winning or barely losing. So uh, it seems like a place where you can win at. We're gonna like I said, we're gonna bring him back on the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we get him back on early in the new year. Yeah. And you know, we'll give him some more karma. He's a he was a great guy. I mean, like the thing with Coach Shinnick is we didn't know him, he didn't know us. I literally just sent him an email and he came on. Yeah and we got a chance to know him, and we were really impressed by him. And I was impressed by what he did at West Florida. You look at his record. Uh, his record at uh West Florida was let's see, let me go
1: back. Yeah, to- I mean we talked about it. We really thought FIU should have given him a shot, you know. And-
0: I agree. I thought I thought he should have been in line for a D1 job. Uh yeah, West Florida, they he goes fifty-six and twenty-one. He's won fifty or more games at all three of his stops. He was at Azusa Pacific seven seasons, 120, 123 and fifty-two. UNC Pembroke seven seasons goes fifty and twenty four West Florida six seasons they don't play during the COVID year goes fifty six and twenty one wins wins a, a D two championship uh, loses in a D two championship game and goes to a two semifinal uh, yeah. so you know it's uh, never you know just 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 great great stuff there you know yeah. just a guy that wins 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 wins
1: yep no That's doubt. It.
0: So now congratulations and you'll get a little bit more money a little you know like we'll get you that d1 we'll get you that FBS job sooner or later coach Shea, like, a little bit we're just where we're, we're you know it's like now we have a few more resources than he had before like, yeah so it's yeah a, it's really good. and you uh, know West Florida if you're out there you need some guys to get you some talent you know get in touch with get in touch with the uh, fish the fish yeah. bags, get you some kids that hey, transfer portal hey. goes both ways. Yep. So, all right, buddy. Anything else you got to say before a game starts? I know you got to head to watch the Cowboys and the Jaguars.
1: Yeah. I'm going to um, watch
0: my beloved Jets uh, play the Detroit Lions today.
1: Let's go. Let's go, Wilson.
0: Yes, that's right. And uh,
1: it'd be a great story for him to come out and have a good game and then win.
0: Yeah, I really would. I'd be happy for what he did. Uh, Our producer sometimes is Justin Otto. Uh Uh, Actually, most of the time it's Justin Otto. Let's see what he's got. He's got all kinds of, like, playstation xbox gifts under his tree this year. I'm sure. That kid's got a headphone on right now. I think he
1: still believes in Santa, but we won't tell him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i always thanks to the group that handles our distribution and gets us out there, keeps our numbers up. Our numbers are robust, uh, and uh, another another day, and uh, we'll be back on December twenty first uh, for some early signing day uh, podcast stuff. Uh, so it'll be it fun to talk about how these teams, those are recruiting. Yep. You know, that's funny. No, buddy. Now that's it, man. Have have a great day. You too. I miss you, Dad.
1: Talk to you later, man. Out.